Welcome to the Witty and Gritty Podcast. Hosted by Brooke and Farron. Where you learn a little about a lot. And sometimes a lot about a little. Hey, it's Brooke. Welcome to episode one, The 15 Invaluable Laws of Growth by John Maxwell Book Analysis. Hey guys, it's Farron. We chose this book um, because we had this desire in our hearts to do more with our lives and weren't really sure what to do with it from there. But um, when I came upon this book and started reading it, I really found it valuable. Um, I found that that desire in my heart was wanting to grow more on a personal level and on a professional level. And this book helped with that and gave me kind of the stepping stones to take the next step um, in life. Yeah, I think we can all stand to improve a little bit. So I think this book was definitely a good way to start out. All right, chapter one, The Law of Intentionality. Growth doesn't just happen. Life is now in session. Are you present? This chapter is all about being intentional with yourself and your actions. A lot of the times it just makes me think failure to plan is planning to fail. So we are trying to avoid that and be more intentional about intentional about what we're going to try to do. Yeah, I think a lot of people think if they keep showing up and, you know, checking the boxes and doing the hard work that, you know, their goals will come to them. But uh, you definitely got to be more intentional. Um, you know, people want a different circumstance, a different job, maybe a more stable financial situation. But they're unwilling to change themselves or their daily habits. And then they're wondering why the changes they're hoping for aren't taking place. Right. So this chapter is kind of broken down into two sections. The misconception gaps and then transitioning to growth. So going from unintentional or accidental into growing and being intentional with your actions. Yep. So John Maxwell lists out um, eight growth gap traps, things that uh, hinder people from making the growth they'd like to achieve. And one that really stood out to me was one he calls the timing gap. And so in this section, he mentions the law of diminishing intent, meaning the longer you wait to do something, the less likely you are to do it. I know this has gotten me several times, especially with the daily chores, whether it's oh, I'll load the dishwasher later. Um, I'll run the dishwasher after the next meal. And then I go to get a cup, and we don't have any more cups because I didn't just do it. I didn't just run the dishwasher telling myself I can reload it later. Um, But this can also apply on a much bigger scale. Um, Whether it's applying to school or going back to get your master's, And you think, okay, well, I'll do it when the baby is two. Or I'll do it when my kids are in school. Or then it becomes, I'll do it when my kids graduate. And then next thing you know, life has passed you by. And, you know, who knows how far you could be when it comes to achieving your goals. Yeah, to kind of echo that, there's, it makes me think of how many inventions or ideas or stories are in the graveyard right now. What's six feet under that we are never going to have access to? Because they didn't do it. They were waiting for the right time. When's the right time to do it? The time is now. What's the worst that could happen? Yep. It's better than it getting not done at all. Right. And then you feel accomplished just by taking steps. So 
Um, it doesn't have to be like, tomorrow I'm going to become a doctor. It could be, you know, tomorrow I'm going to look at applying to medical school and then, you know, figuring out the finances and baby steps. But sometimes, you know, we get too far ahead of ourselves. Yeah, I feel like some people can get overwhelmed with the big picture. Sometimes, yes, a big picture is good, but let's zoom in and see kind of what the next baby steps are, like you said. Mm-hmm. Another one of the mistake, the gap that jumped out at me was the mistake gap. Um, coming from the perfectionist side of me, uh, the mistake gap and the perfection gap stood out to me. I've just got to learn that mistakes are inevitable, so I just have to get over it. I have to get over that I'm going to mess up, and I just have to do it anyway. Um, something that has stuck out to me the past couple of years has been failing forward. There's a lot of times where you are going to mess up. So what are you going to do after that? It's what you do in the mistake or right after the mistake that defines who you are as a person. A lot of times we get too caught up on, oh my goodness, I just messed up. What are people thinking? No, it's what are you going to do next? Yes, you messed up. Own it. Move forward. Yeah. I mean, um, I like seeing my students or my kids try something And, you know, as soon as they mess up, they, you know, instantly now are, they know how to fix it. Whereas before, if I would have swooped in. So sometimes, you know, letting as a leader or with your own children, or if you're, you know, working with any type of youth, a lot of times it's that impulse you want to come in and save. But, you know, using, teaching them to make mistakes or allow themselves to make mistakes to learn um, helps them learn when you're not around. And um, I've messed up, and that's a real quick way that I learn, and I hopefully don't make the same mistake again. Um, but sometimes if you're being a perfectionist or trying to avoid mistakes, then you're not moving forward. You're not doing much of anything. And while that's safe, it's not very fulfilling. I agree, and I think a lot of times we just have to model that, especially if we're in charge of groups of people or younger people They have to know that we're humans too. We make mistakes too. So there's no need to hide it or be embarrassed about it. We just got to own it and move on. It makes me think of the movie Meet the Robinsons. I don't know if you ever saw it. It was a pretty (laughs) cute movie. So one of the scenes, the son is trying to create something and he has this invention and he shows it off and it messes up and destroys the whole living room or the kitchen. I guess it's peanut butter and jelly sandwich maker. And he was just so embarrassed. And then the very first words out of the next person's mouth was, you failed. And they all celebrated that he failed. And he had never been um, honored for his failure and that, hey, you tried something. It didn't work. But guess what? Now you know that this way doesn't work. Let's try another way. Yep. So, you know, again, something that holds a lot of people back is they're, they'll say it's just not the right time or it's not perfect in their mind yet, they're afraid of making a mistake, and so again, nothing is happening. Um, And then another thing that can hold people back is a lack of inspiration. They get that fire in their belly, and they're all pumped to do it, and a few weeks later, they've kind of lost their momentum, and you know, I think that happens to a lot of people. Um, but, uh, if you don't feel like doing it, you just got to kind of tell yourself to do it anyway. And once you get started, then, um, the feeling usually comes. So if you wait until you feel like doing it, it may never happen. But if you just can get yourself started with the thousand mile journey, you know, put one foot in front of the other, um, sometimes the feeling comes to you. When I have to go through the kids' closets because the seasons change or they, 
gosh darn it, keep growing. And it's so (laughs) overwhelming to think about having to go through all their closets and box them and label them. And then you do the laundry and you find another Christmas outfit. And so you got to get the Christmas clothes box (laughs) down. Dang it. Um, But once I start going through their closets, then like I'm on a roll and I want to get them all done. Um, whether it's going to the gym, you know, a lot of people don't feel like going to the gym, but once you're there or once it's over, you can look back and be so glad uh, that you went. So, you know, I liked how it said, you know, don't wait till you feel like doing it, start taking the actions and those feelings will come. Yes. I definitely don't feel like waking up and running five miles. I probably will never ever feel that (laughs) feeling in my life, but it is important. That's a goal to stay physically fit from my perspective. So yeah, it's going to be terrible waking up and feeling awful in the morning because I'm not a morning person. My husband, he wakes up like a Disney princess and he (laughs) literally sings songs in the morning and I just want to say, shut up, shut up, shut up. (laughs) But I don't know. That's just his personality. It's never going to be in the cards for me. I'm never going to feel like it, but I have to do it anyway. I have to get up anyway. Um, And another point is, when you don't feel like it practicing, like you said. So even with writers, if you have a, a writing block and you are stuck, write anyway. It's called a rough draft for a reason. It's going to be rough. It's to be expected. And also, if I know you've some of y'all have read The Slight Edge, and that talks about getting your 10,000 hours quicker, and it's the little things. Um, that's not the right book. Someone needs to correct me on that. But getting to your 10,000 hours, even if you're just writing, Uh, you're going to get your minutes, your hours, and it's going to add up quicker as opposed to waiting until you feel like it. And that's where the slight edge comes into play. you got to do a little bit here, a little bit there, and it adds up over the course of time, and that gets you more reps. Yeah, I'm picturing you going to sit down and write, just going and sitting in the chair, just getting out your materials, um, and then going through that process, being able to write. But If you're going to sit on the couch and swipe through Instagram, um, you know, that's the small actions, the small steps it would take to uh, get started. So then the next part of the chapter goes into making the transition from accidental growth to intentional growth. And there it's kind of a recap of what we've said, but um, it mentions asking yourself what you want to do. Um, and that question can be so simple, right? Like, well, what do you want? I ask my three-year-old all the time, what do you want? And sometimes I regret that. (laughs) I want a candy bar. (laughs) Yes. But sometimes she can tell me exactly what she wants. She went from whining and falling apart and it's just like, well, what do you want? Apple juice. Oh my gosh. Why didn't you tell me apple juice five Mm -hmm. minutes ago? Um, but sometimes asking what you want is very complicated. So before you get started, you definitely got to, got to figure that answer out. Another one of the things he talks about is doing it now. And one of the mantras he talks about is saying, repeating to himself, do it now, do it now, do it now. And repeating it a certain amount of times at the beginning of the day and at the end of the day. So a question I would have to you guys would be, what are your motivation mantras that you are repeating to yourself over and over and over. Is it something like do it now or is it something like I'll do it later? So think about what are you saying in your head and how is that going to help you start whatever it is you want to start? There's a girl on uh, my social media page that she works out 
at 4.30 in the morning. (laughs) That will never be me. And she never thought it was going to be her, but, you know, it's really hard, you know, trying to work out after work. You're lethargic. You want to spend time with your family. Your family, like, is hungry and wants dinner. It's such a drag. But <laughs> And they want it every day, too. I know. What do they want? I don't know. And then you're supposed to bathe your kids. I don't understand. Just guidelines. It's fine. It's fine. <laughs> Just spray some Febreze on their clothes. They'll yeah. be fine. Acceptable. Mm-hmm. Um, but she, hers was, in the morning when her alarm goes off, Instead of hitting snooze a bunch of times, she would count down. She would say, three, two, one, up. And then that just worked for her. That is what got her out of bed. Does she sing Disney songs as well to get herself motivated? I don't know. She could rock a tiara, but um, (laughs) I don't know that she's a Disney princess per se. Side note about hitting the snooze, I recently read that it interrupts your... REM sleep. So every time you hit snooze, you're trying to reset your sleep pattern. So even if you snooze for 15 minutes, it's still not good sleep and you'll still probably wake up more tired than if you would have just gotten up at your first alarm. Mm-hmm. So take that for what it's worth. Yeah. I'm a one alarm person and I have an emergency alarm in case I don't know. Yeah. Just in case because that's my personality. My husband, he loves the snooze button and he <sighs> likes to snore between the snoozes. Why? Why are we doing that? No. I don't understand. Mm -mm. No. Especially if you're snoozing is going to wake me up, then we can't be friends. It's Mm. just not going to happen. Which, that's a funny story. (laughs) Would you like to revisit that? Go for it. So, it was Austin College homecoming. It was our first year out of college. Oh, yes. So, Farron and Jacob uh, and me, we all went to Austin College. Morgan, he ran track at another school. So, he can't sit with us. But the four of us went to homecoming, and I don't know. So Morgan is a sleepwalker, sleep talker, snores and wakes the dead kind of sleeper, which is a lot of fun for everybody but the wife. And that's my opinion. Um, so I guess he was congested or whatever it was. That was his excuse. Sure, sure, sure. sure. <laughs> we'll say he's congested. So we, to save money because we are fresh out of college, we went to a private liberal arts school, so yes. those student loans are still hurting my soul, but we rented one room, one hotel room with two, I guess, full or queen or whatever beds, and everybody was awake except for Morgan, and he slept the entire night just fine, Yep. and I'll never forget the next morning, Jacob, he... <laughs> We were leaving, and he was like, we can never be friends with them. Yeah. <laughs> there will be no group vacays. We are never staying the night anywhere with them ever again. And, you know, that just shows the power of pursuit, because here we are, 10 years <laughs> later, still friends, still vacationing and spending time together, so. But haven't shared a room since. Never, and never no. again. No. We will not put anyone through that. You can't put a price on a good night's <laughs> sleep. <laughs> oh, wow, that's terrible. Yes, we're looking into sleep apnea and all that fun stuff. We'll keep you posted. Yeah. (laughs) Tune in next time. Okay, let's move on to chapter two, the law of awareness. You must know yourself to grow yourself. No one can produce great things who is not thoroughly sincere in dealing with himself. James Russell Lowell. 
So there are a couple things in here that they address. So the first section is the three kinds of people, and the second section is about how to find your passion and purpose, and we'll spend a lot of time on that, the majority of time on that. Um, so the three kinds of people, here they are. People who don't know what they'd like to do, people who know what they would like to do but don't do it, and the people who know what they would like to do and do it. Yeah, and I think that we personally are now at the point where we know what we want to do and we are uh, pursuing it. But a lot of people get stuck at knowing what they want to do and not doing it. And that can be frustrating, depressing, um, that can bring on a lot of uh, negative emotions for sure. So again, hopefully in the next section, finding your purpose and passion um, even if you have an idea of what you want to do, um, this can help narrow your focus. Sometimes having too broad of a goal or an idea can also hinder you from um, reaching your, your dreams. And there are some people out there who know what they want to do and don't do it because there's a hurdle that they can't seem to overcome or they just can't, the finances aren't there or the time is not there. There are some different things, so we're not saying... Oh, you're making an excuse. Uh, it, it's your reality. So there could be something going on that right now you just physically, emotionally, spiritually can't. But make sure you don't just put that on the back burner forever. Remember, we don't want to find ourselves six feet under and not have our, our ideas or dreams or thoughts or inventions realized. That would be a shame. Yeah, so actively taking steps that way when the opportunity presents itself, you're ready. So... Um, a lot of preparation for the right timing, for sure. Yeah, so it talks about how to find your passion and purpose. And another side note, I don't know if you guys have heard of a passion project. Some schools do this with their high schoolers in their English project, and they make it a whole writing assignment and presentation and all that kind of stuff. Um, but there's some questions that they prompt the kids with, like, what do you do when no one is telling you what to do? What do you find yourself just constantly doing for fun or in your free time? What are you spending some time on or what, even your thought life? What are you thinking about when you're sitting in class board? Or what are you thinking about when you're in traffic? What are those kind of revisiting thoughts that you have or ideas or dreams? So maybe that will kind of help you go in the right direction. Yep. And so um, under finding your purpose and passion in this chapter... There's a lot of questions to help prompt your thinking, similar to the ones Brooke shared. Um, one of them that stuck out to me was, can you do what you would like to do? Um, so if I was four foot two and I don't know that dreaming to be a professional basketball player would be on my list of things to do. I might enjoy basketball, but maybe that's not my goal. Maybe I just play in rec leagues or beer leagues or things like that. So doing stuff that you're good at. Um, you know, a lot of you guys have talents out there. There's things that come to you naturally, things that people say to you. How do you do that? And you're confused because it just comes so second nature. Yes, there was, and I'm going to have to look it up. There's a professional baseball player um, and someone asked him, how are you hitting the ball so well? And he, he said, well, I just look at how the the, seat, the stitches are spinning at me whenever the pitcher throws it. What? <laughs> you can see the seams? 
Uh, that's a thing. Right. Maybe he's a vampire. That's gotta be. He can, he can, <laughs> he can see it, slow time down, and then make contact. Yes, for sure. And another point of order would be, sometimes, I know we have that friend, they think they are really good at something, mm-hmm. and they're not. <laughs> it happens. But... Are you that friend? So that's also going to take some self-analysis. So yeah, you might have a list of things like, wow, I really think I'm good at this, this, this. Mm-hmm. Ask your ask your trusted peers. Ask your friend. Ask the people closest to you. Hey, what are... I'm just trying to do some soul-searching. What are some things that you think I'm good at? Mm-hmm. If you had to call me for help, what would you be calling me for? And I think be careful not to ask them if they think you can necessarily make um, a career or business out of it. Um, you know, some people out there might be dream crushers, but you know, if you are looking for some perspective on what you perceive as a talent or something that you you're naturally good at, you can just start there. But um, definitely building a tribe of people around you that one you can take some criticism from. Um, because ultimately they really want you to be successful and happy, not because if you take off and succeed, they might not feel so happy. Um, so just tread lightly, especially if you are trying to figure out who that is and who it might not be. Um, but yeah, just starting with the basics. This is something that I'm really passionate about that I really enjoy doing. You know, as my friend, do you, are you seeing the same things here? Yeah, I agree. Making sure that circle of friends is someone you can listen to, take advice from, but you've also got to be able to handle some constructive feedback as well. And that takes some um, toughening up on your end too. So Maturity. If you are asking for a truth, then be prepared to handle the truth. I, um, I am a truther and that is my strength and my weakness. I am really good at telling the truth. So if you don't want to know the answer, don't ask me because I just have to truth it because that's just who I am as a person. Some people call that blunt, uh, but I'm sure there's a more positive word out there. You know, like truthful or honest. Yeah. One of those virtuous words, right? Yes. Another aspect that stuck out to me, do you know the steps in order to do what you want to do? Let's say I want to be a lawyer. I can't just wake up one day, I think I'm going to be a lawyer. You have to, Google is there for a reason, guys. We are in the modern era. We can go to that search engine, how to become a lawyer, and you can start looking up those steps from there. So I know sometimes we're like, I just don't know what to do. I don't know where to start. Okay, start at the start from the beginning. That's the best place to start, at the beginning. So even if you don't know what to do, go to Google, baby. Yeah, I think a lot of people say, well, I would like to do this, but I don't know how to get to that. So the end. Um, but, you know, in the modern era we live in, ignorance is more of a choice for sure. Um, you know, we're both in education and um, kids could go online and learn a lot of what we're teaching them. But uh, mm. if kids can do it, then so can you. So right. don't stop at not knowing the next steps, um, whether it's old school and you want to find a book on it or you want to find a podcast hey. <laughs> or um, even finding a person, a mentor uh, that's already out there doing what you want to do. You can definitely learn from them. They've also probably learned a lot the hard way, so you mm-hmm. can skip a few of those steps. That's a great segue into the other point I was going to bring up. Do you know people who do what you like to do? Mm-hmm. So there is something to be said into finding people 
who have been through it. And there's another chapter later on in this book that talks about uh, being coached, finding a mentor, and going from there. So we'll hit on that later. But it is important to, are there people out there already doing this? If so, do I need to reinvent the wheel? Right. Probably not. And then another, and the last point that really stuck out to us, in case you haven't already noticed, maybe you're already feeling this yourself, this is going to take work. Um, You're sometimes, we are our own worst enemies. It's us holding ourselves back. We might say, oh, if only my husband this, or if only my mom this, or, you know, you can't place the blame on somebody else. Are you going to put in the time to fight, um, I'm going to just be honest with you, laziness. Um, are you willing to sacrifice an hour of sleep? Are you willing to sacrifice a few trips to Starbucks um, if those are if that's what's necessary to take the next steps and move forward? Now, in the same breath, I want to say it's not easy. I'm not telling you it's easy, but I think it's definitely going to be well worth it. Right, I agree. It's I, I know sleep is going to be my big one that I'll have to sacrifice on because for some reason, God just needed me to have eight to nine hours of good sleep every night. I have not gotten that since 2014, but that's okay. <laughs> <laughs> Someday I hope to get back to a regular sleep schedule whenever the tiny humans are also on a regular sleep schedule. And Morgan stops snoring. Oh my goodness. <laughs> For the love, it's never going to happen. I just need to get over that. I might as well just stay up an hour later and sacrifice there and get it done. But like you said, can you spare your Friday Starbucks? Mm-hmm. Where can that money go? Yeah, mine's definitely a time thing too. Whether it's sleeping or just sitting down and not being needed for anything. Like Those are the same minutes that I could be putting towards you know, my goals and aspirations. Um, But, you know, I'll sit there for like a whopping 15 minutes before someone needs me. Seconds. Oh, okay. (laughs) Yes, seconds. But then, you know, I get in bed at night and I kind of reflect on the day and I'm just like, I'm not any closer to where I want to be. Why not? You know, and so just looking for that time or creating that time, um, that's going to take some soul searching and some uh, tenacity for sure. Right. And that's all about the hustle too. So I know that that's a pretty uh, popular word right now. You got to hustle your side hustle, the grind, all that kind of stuff. Um, But there is, there, it almost should feel like there's no downtime. You could be doing something right now. What are you doing right now? Whether it's, even if you're sitting, are you sitting and reflecting? Are you just sitting mindlessly scrolling through Facebook or? Watching Mickey Mouse Clubhouse. Oh, yes. (laughs) (laughs) Mouse tools. Oh, Lord. So, I think the two big takeaways are being smart by, you know, having a plan. Even if you don't know exactly what to do, you're going to figure out how. And then, again, too, um, making those sacrifices because, I mean, if it was easy, then everybody would be out there accomplishing all their dreams and goals. So, even though it's going to be difficult, you can do it. You can work through it. Yeah, that's like off of uh, A League of Their Own when he said, if everybody, if it were easy, everybody would do it. That's what makes the heart great. Mm-hmm. So again, those people who are out there, quote, living the dream, they're the ones out there doing it, and others are just the ones sitting there watching it happen. So are you going to sit there and watch it happen? Oh, I came up with that idea. Why didn't I ever do anything with it? Someone else is going to come up with your idea if you don't get on it. 
And when they interview the superstars too, they're always like modest and humble and well, not always, but, <laughs> but a lot of them are like, I'm no different than you. I just, you know, put in the hard work and, you know, I hate when people like to say, oh, they're just lucky. And it's like, you have no idea how much time and energy and sacrifices they put into it. So, but if they can do it, we definitely think you can too. Yeah. Throughout this book, John Maxwell talks about how some people want to say, oh, I want to, can I just shadow you for a day and see what your day looks like? And he said, well, it's pretty boring. I wake up at this time. I do this from here to here. I eat lunch and then I do this in the afternoon and then I work out and then I eat dinner and then I go to bed at a decent hour. Sounds boring, but it's those daily routines over the course of time that Mm -hmm. has helped him get a routine going, a schedule. And he also has people accountable holding him accountable, that friend circle like we were talking about earlier, just having those people check in on you. Hey, how is that going? Are you accomplishing your goals? What are your goals? How are we growing? Yeah, so I think Ed Milet says that complexity is the death of productivity. Mm -hmm. Don't overcomplicate it. So when you were sharing about John Maxwell, to me, I just heard, you know, very simple, regular tasks, but I'm sure they're super intentional. Um, super intentional, super focused, but to you and me, we could definitely probably say, well, I mean, I could do that. Yeah. It's all about, again, just getting out there and doing it, being aware of yourself, where, what are your strengths, weaknesses, and what are we going to do about it in order to reach our goal? Which leads us nicely into chapter three. The law of the mirror, you must see value in yourself to add value to yourself. Personal development is the belief that you are worth the effort, time, and energy needed to develop yourself by Dennis Waitley. There are a few chapter or a few sections in this chapter. Again, we would recommend that you purchase the book and read it because it's just so saturated with information and we're only hitting the things that struck a chord in our hearts. So again, we say some things, but not all things. So going back and reading through it would benefit you because different things are going to hit your heartstrings at different points in your life. I even feel like we could probably read this book every couple of years and it's going to mm-hmm. resonate with us in a, in a different way. Yep. So stay tuned in a couple of years when we revisit this book. Yes. One of the points I wanted to mention on here was guarding your self-talk. This is so important for all of the reasons. So what is in your head comes to fruition in your actions. So if you feel like you can't, you won't. What, what's that quote? It's whatever, whether you think you can or you can't, you're right. Yep. So whether you think you can do this or can't do it, that's what's going to happen. It's self-fulfilling prophecy. Oh, I'm going to fail the test. Well, guess what? When you put that out in your head, that is probably going to happen on the test. Psychology has proven that time and time again in years of research. Yep, and so speaking of research, um, in this chapter it mentions a book called The Answer, and there was a study done that by the time you're 17 years old, you've heard, no, you can't, 150,000 times, and you've only heard, yes, you can, about 5,000 times. Wow. So that's a lot of numbers and commas and zeros, so a little simplified version is that for every 30 no's you've heard, You've only heard one 
Yes. And you can't control what others are going to say. I mean, when you're a kid and your parents are at home or you're a kid in the classroom. Um, no, but, you can't stick that up your nose. Right. Please don't eat the dryer lint. <laughs> that would be a terrible idea. Yes. Get the dead bug out of your mouth. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Our kids are going to kill us We've later. just heard, heard <laughs> these stories. These were definitely not things that happened to us or people we oh, know, right. right? No. We read no, it on right. the internet. We're flawless. Yep. <laughs> but, um, you know, sometimes you can make up the difference in those yeses and nos by having that positive self-talk, which is going to help build your self-esteem. There's a book called The Power of Positive Thinking, and I know that we had to do research on that when we were doing our master's together. And we, there was an activity that we had, and it was a list of negative statements, and we had to turn them into positive statements. Mm-hmm. So one of them was, that's not lettuce, it's cabbage. And I don't know why I remember that one, but it stuck out to me. So we had to come up with a way to say, did you know that this is also called cabbage, and this is different because of this way? So we didn't say no, we just said it no in a nice way, or no in a different way. And sometimes even with your, again, if you are working with people under you, which is almost everyone listening, Mm -hmm. I I can't think of anyone who has no one working under them. My 11th month old. Although I'm pretty sure I do work for her. (laughs) (laughs) Some days, some days it depends. Yes. Um, But even just phrasing the no in a different way, like, hey, can I take my lunch break early? Instead of saying no, you can say yes after you just send me this one email. Yep. If if that's early, great. If it's not, you know that email needs to go in. So right. whenever that happens. And that sounds like one of the other steps he lists for building your self-image. Um, he titled it, Move Beyond Your Limiting Beliefs. So uh, when you are talking negatively to yourself, a lot of that you can look at as an opinion. And he talks about turning it around with a truth. So, you know, if you're saying you can't do something because it's too difficult, you can prove yourself wrong with the truth. What is something that you've accomplished that was very difficult that you didn't think you could do, but you did it? Um, And so then, I mean, what's yourself going to say back to those facts, you know? Uh, You're going to win that argument a lot more and, again, um, have a better sense of self-worth. Right. Coming from the athlete perspective on this, Uh, thinking that you can't get to the ball, or we both played soccer in Mm -hmm. college, so thinking that you can't get there, or that defender is really good, I can't get around her, or that attacker is really good, how am I going to stop her? Or I can't run one more 80 across the (laughs) soccer field. (laughs) one more sprint can I do? I will probably die first. Yes. That's fun. But again, just back to that self-talk, what is your inner monologue? Because again, that is going to come to fruition in your actions. Yep. Yep, and you might pause and think about that for a second. After you have that self-talk, are you pepped up and you're chipper and achieving all these things you want to do, or are you, again, the one being yourself down? Gosh, and then it's just easy to spiral out of control from there. Like, oh, I made a mistake. And then if you're worrying about making the next mistake, guess what? Now you're making that mistake. And now, oh, man, I've made two mistakes in a row. I really hope I don't make another mistake. Instead of thinking about your mess-ups, or whatever's going on in a negative way, you got to think about getting the next one, do the next thing. Let me get the next thing right. And does your negative self-talk spill over into other parts of your life? Are you uh, talking that way to your kids when you're frustrated? Ooh. Are you talking to a spouse, a coworker, 
again, you know, sometimes the way you treat yourself is how you treat others. Um, I know a lot of people that are harder on themselves than they are others, but just something to be mindful of. Um, the way you talk to your kids, or again, if you're a mentor or a youth group leader, um, that becomes part of their identity and how they see themselves, especially when people are looking up to you, whether out of admiration or, you know, because of your place of authority. Um, so just make sure you take a second to chew on that. Or maybe you're on the receiving end of that. There's been situations where someone has come at me and I've had to say, what did I do to deserve this attitude? What did I give me something that I did that made you come at me this way? But mm-hmm. I'm also a really confrontational person. <laughs> but I put a bow on that conversation to where it wasn't so like, what did I do to you? Yeah, I, that, I'm sure I said it in a nice way in the moment. That was a little bit of your inner monologue. <laughs> but just knowing... And that helps me if I'm going out to practice with a bunch of girls. I'm not, and I had a bad day in second period or whatever. I'm not going to take that out onto the field with them and say, all right, we're going to do this and we're going to run that. None of those humans did anything to make me frustrated. Why would I take it out on them? That's just not okay. Yep. And then another part that it talks about is celebrating the small victories. So. I know some days, rough, rough days, and you just feel like you just need a win. I just need to be able to get one thing right, then I'm good. That's why, what was the graduation speech where he said, make your bed, the first thing you do is make your bed. Yeah, I don't make my to bed, where you can. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so you don't start your days up with wins, that's fine. So again, Ouch. just the little task, even if it's something like, all right, I'm going to win at brushing my teeth. It's going to be the best toothbrushing I've ever done. Guess what? That's a win under your belt for today. Yeah, maybe you got all, uh, out of bed when your alarm went off and you didn't snooze it. Hey, that's Or okay. <laughs> I've seen those pretty blue ribbons out there that say, like, I didn't punch anyone in the face today. So, yes. I mean, <laughs> you start small and yes. then build from there. I agree. So, it also mentioned taking responsibility for your life. And again, I know that we could be speaking to people that have had all sorts of trauma and hardships and a lot of um, tough times in life and I never want it to come across that we're not sensitive to that or aware or considering those experiences but um, taking responsibility for your life what that means to me is in spite of the hardships and trauma finding a way to pursue and continue life and pursuing your goals and dreams and aspirations in spite of that. Yeah. I agree, yeah. So even if you go through a hardship or a trauma, like you said, or a trial, because we know we're going to face trials, yep. it's a part of life. Welcome to the world. It's what we do after that mm-hmm. that defines who we are as people. Are we going to grow from it, or is this just how my life's going to be? Am I just going to be that person that wakes up all day, every day, can't get past this, that's all I think about, I can't move around it. I'm stuck. I'm stuck here. And that's just how I'm going to be. I'm going to settle. Mm -hmm. And I would definitely say that timelines are different for different people, even if it's the same kind of trauma. Yes. Um, But I definitely would take a second to look at your experience, whatever it may be, and ask yourself, you know, am I moving on with life? Am I able to still achieve the things I want to achieve. And if you haven't, again, do some research. Try some different 
um, types of therapy, whether it's seeing a counselor of some kind, whether it's exercise or journaling. Um, again, you might not even in a, in a sort of way, not even really want to get over it because it might feel like you're forgetting it. Um, but you want to be sure that you're addressing it in such a way that, again, you're, you have the power over your life and not the trauma or trial you went through. Right. So that wraps up the first three chapters of The 15 Invaluable Laws of Growth by John Maxwell. Law of Intentionality, Law of Awareness, Law of the Mirror. Tune in next time for the next couple chapters. Thanks for listening to the Witty and Gritty podcast, hosted by Brooke and Farron. You can find us on Facebook, Instagram, Pinterest, and our website, wittyandgritty.blog. Subscribe to our email list to get exclusive updates, freebies, and more. Keep tuning in to learn a little about a lot.